Is this going to do this dumb thing again where I can't even see myself? Dude, freaking YouTube, man. Black screen. Apparently, I'm live. Um, can you guys see me? What's up, Buckshot Canuck? Woo, we all going to die Wednesday. YouTube is just terrible. Um, brilliant. Tremendous. Believe it. Five by five. Okay, that's cool. Uh, wonderful. I can't see myself, so that's good. I appreciate that, Bob. I look great, according to Bob. So that's fun. Hi, everybody. My name is Bear from the internet, uh, bearindependent.com. Uh, we're going to do the brief today. It is the 17th of January, 2024. We're going to talk about developments in Ukraine. We're going to talk about effects on Germany. And we're going to talk about huge win, tremendous, believe it, everybody tells me the best, Iowa. How interesting. And then potentially New Hampshire as well. Uh, let's see here. Good morning to everybody in the chat. Uh, listen, if you're not new here, you know what to do. Share the show with somebody you love. Leave a comment for the YouTube algorithmic robots. If you are new here, please consider subscribing unless you're fed. 40% of y'all watch the show but aren't subscribed. And uh, we're trying to grow the show so that we can reach more people. Primary is here on YouTube. Bear Independent Alternate is here on YouTube. The Blue Collar President Contingency is uh, Rumble. I am on Rumble for everybody who says, Bear, you should be on Rumble. Yeah, that shows you how well Rumble works. And then Emergency uh, Point of Contact is Patreon. Link is in the description. Okay? Pace plan, combo. It's a thing. Bear Independent Brief. Oh, the show is brought to you by the creator of the universe, Yahweh, your Elohim, the Lord, your God. It's brought to you by the fine people over at Patreon, link in the description. And it's brought to you by this company, little company that I, uh, I shill for occasionally because I had the audacity to start it in my barn uh, called Refuge Medical. So maybe check them out. Your promo code is Bear Nation. Bear Independent Brief, 17 January 24. On Monday, aka 48 hours ago, a Houthi anti-ship ballistic missile hit the U.S.-owned MV Gibraltar Eagle. Then on Tuesday, the United States military launched a strike in Yemen, striking four anti-ship ballistic missiles of the Houthis that were prepared to target ships in the Red Sea. This proactive military movement may demonstrate that the U.S. is taking a more escalated, assertive position in the conflict. Also, there are two Navy SEALs that are missing from a shipboarding operation related to the Yemeni Houthi rebels. Details are scarce uh and only vaguely reliable at the moment but keep those men and their families in prayer cnn cnn described it as the fiercest response from the biden administration so far so far for the record the u.s military has launched at least three rounds of attacks against houthi infrastructure since last thursday also on monday iran's revolutionary guard the irgc struck northern iraq and syria with ballistic missiles the IRGC uh, and the Quds forces are the one of the arms that Iran uses to train terrorists like Hezbollah and Hamas. Kind of like their, uh, I, dare I say, like their special forces. Um, they're special, all right. Gesundheit, Bob. Be healed. Somebody find the patent leather white coat and hit Bob with it. He's got a, a spirit of sneezing in him. Also on Monday, Iran's Revolutionary Guards Corps struck northern Iraq and Syria with ballistic missiles, saying that it was targeting both anti-Iran terror groups as well as Israel's intelligence agency, Mossad. Four civilians were killed and another six were wounded. Among the dead were a multimillionaire real estate magnate and an 11-month-old baby. The U.S. has condemned these strikes. Adrian Watson, White House National Security Council spokesperson, said in a statement that, quote, this was a reckless and imprecise set of strikes, end quote. Wow, really? I ran with their reckless and imprecise strikes and reiterated that the U.S., quote, supports the sovereignty, independence and territorial integrity of Iraq, end quote, which to me is funny because we essentially said nobody kills Iraqis but us. And I don't I just got a chuckle out of that. It's like, Iran, how dare you attack Iraq? That's our job. 
The U.N. assistance mission for Iraq also issued a similar statement saying, quote, we strongly condemn last night's Iranian attack on locations in Erbil, Iraq's Kurdistan region, which caused civilian casualties. Attacks by any side violating Iraqi sovereignty and territorial integrity must stop, end quote. What other indicators are there of the conflict widening in the region? There was a scuffle on the border with Egypt, too, with some 20 people approaching the boundary, some of whom were armed. There was exchange of fire, and there were injuries sustained on both sides. On Tuesday, Kurdish counterterrorism forces reported that three armed drones had been shot down over the airport in Arbil, where international forces, including U.S. forces, are stationed. Also on Tuesday, Israel support Israel reported that it struck multiple Hezbollah targets in Lebanon. Then, the Houthis claimed responsibility for the direct missile strike on a Greek-owned vessel they claimed was headed towards Israel. Qatari Prime Minister Mohammed bin Abdulmoran Al-Tani, that's a mouthful, said that the World Economic said at the World Economic Forum in Davos that quote, "We should focus on the main conflict in Gaza and as soon as it's diffused, I believe that everyone else will be diffused." End quote. He did note, quote, we have in the region a recipe of escalation everywhere, end quote. It really is pissing me off that I can't actually see anything on the screen on YouTube, but improvise, adapt, overcome. Am I still here? I am still here. 689 people. Good morning. Um, let's see. Also, interestingly, apparently the Department of Homeland Security is uh, attempting to kick the Texas National Guard out of that park that they took over last week in Eagle Pass, Texas. Um, so that's fun. Uh, we're going to potentially see an escalation here between state law enforcement and federal law enforcement um, and potentially the state of Texas and the United States of America. Could be interesting. Uh, according to my brother, Bob, two people drowned trying to cross the Rio Grande in that AO and Governor Abbott is catching flack for that, uh, saying that it's Abbott's fault that these people drowned trying to illegally enter the United States of America. And while I'm no fan of people drowning, um, it's not Abbott's fault that people are trying to illegally enter the United States of America. Bundy Ranch 2.0 says Striker Cade. We shall see, won't we? Um, some other things that I would like to look at this morning. Oh my gosh, too many rectangles. Way too many rectangles. I would like to uh, briefly give a nice shout out to uh, The Right Report, which is a podcast. If you are jonesing for your daily intelligence, you might check out the right W-R-I-G-H-T, the right report with Brian Dean Wright. They sent me a really nice email yesterday. Apparently, they follow the show. I follow their show. And uh, yeah, so respect if uh, you're not following the right report, W-R-I-G-H-T, in podcast form, you should. One of my favorite things about the right report is how the host Brian Dean Wright goes out of his way to not scare the nice people by not saying four letter words because he says things like fiddlesticks and tiddlywinks and oh gee golly shucks. And um, man, it just reminds me of uh, <laughs> times gone by. Now, I, of course, grew up in a barn filled with old men that drank Budweiser in upstate New York doing agricultural things. And so some of my first words were four letter words. Speaking of four-letter words, interesting report uh, from Kyiv Post, KYIVpost.com, or Kiev, uh, Ukraine's global voice. Path to conflict, German Defense Ministry mulls potential Russia-NATO war scenarios. This is fun. We're going to bring up Germany in another article here in a minute. A classified Bundeswehr document obtained by BILD outlines situations in which Russia could target NATO detailing a sequence of events month by month. The German Defense Ministry is contemplating a hypothetical situation in which Russia targets NATO's eastern flank in 2025. And some of y'all will scream predictive programming, uh, maybe. Uh, and some of y'all will say, it's the Satanists, it's their ritual. They have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. No, they don't. That, that's a bunch of bullshit that the internet created. Um, and how do I know? Because I played drums in satanic heavy metal bands for a decade before I was covered by the blood of the sun. 
I know a lot of Satanists. Um, I'm very familiar with Satanism and Levain Satanism. And there's nothing in that doctrine that says they have to tell you what they're going to do. It's just a bunch of bullshit that somebody put on TikTok. And then a bunch of people thought that TikTok was news. And so they latched on to it. Now it's become like a battle cry of the right and the Christians. Predictive programming, they have to tell you what they're going to do. No, they don't. No, they don't. And in fact, it's stupid. Uh, why would you show your hand before you do it? They And they have no morals and ethics. So there's nothing... There's no ethical requirement that they tell you what they're going to do to you, just so we're all singing from the same sheet of music here. The German Defense Ministry is contemplating a hypothetical situation in which Russia tardos, targets NATO's eastern flank in 2025, according to a classified Bundeswehr document obtained by the German newspaper Bild. The document outlines a potential path to conflict between Russia and the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Detailing a sequence of events month by month, the document foresees a culmination in the summer of 2025 characterized by the mobilization of hundreds of thousands of Alliance soldiers and an alleged imminent outbreak of war. Bye, buddy. Shalom. However, specific data on the numbers and movements of NATO troops are withheld for security reasons. The Bundeswehr's defense of the Alliance 2025 scenario commences in February 2024. That's, uh, what, two, two weeks away projecting Russia's conscription conscription of an additional 200,000 soldiers into its army. Now, a million-dollar question, where are these 200,000 soldiers coming from? Uh, the Russian prisons have already been depleted of 50% of their population, according to some reports. They're running out of people to throw into the front lines in Ukraine. Not saying that Ukraine's winning the war, because I don't think it's easy to make that argument either, but where are they getting a, a, another quarter million or so bodies from? This is followed by a spring offensive in Ukraine, with the Ukrainian army expected to be pushed back until June. According to the classified document in 2024, following a successful offensive in Ukraine, Russia is anticipated to launch a series of cyber attacks and other forms of hybrid warfare, primarily targeting the Baltic states. And here's where things begin to get interesting. Clashes may ensue, leading to large-scale exercises, exercises with Belarus. Belarus, jumping off point. Remember Lukashenko? President of Belarus, he's old-time friends with uh, Vladimir Putin. Belarus is back in play. Putin moved some of their nuclear arsenal and some of their nuclear-capable strategic bombers into Belarus. And on February 24th, 2022, when Russia felt froggy and they jumped across their borders with Ukraine, a large contingent of forces, uh, what do they call them? B no, not BFT. That's SAW's acronym for Boer Farmer Triangle. Anyway, uh, battalion tactical groups, BTGs, Russian BTGs and Belarusian BTGs came across the borders into Ukraine. So Belarus is absolutely a staging point for Russian ambition. Clashes may ensue, leading to a large-scale exercise with Belarus. Tensions could escalate in October if Russia relocates troops and medium-range missiles to Kaliningrad, the document suggests. December 2024 seems an artificially provoked border conflict in the crucial Suvalki Gemis between the territories of Belarus and the Kaliningrad enclave of Russia. It runs along the border of Poland and Lithuania, separating the Baltic states from the rest of NATO. Following these developments, the document envisions Russia accusing the West of preparing an attack during an extraordinary UN Security Council meeting. In May 2025, according to the Bundeswehr scenario, NATO is expected to deliberate on reliable deterrence measures. According to the document, however, it does not disclose whether these measures will effectively defer, deter Russia, leaving the potential outcomes obscure. According to the Institute for the Study of War, Russian officials and propagandists have been recently intensifying their rhetoric, accusing the West of conflict in the Arctic. Putin calls the West an enemy, and the reform of the Leningrad military district might indicate that Moscow is preparing to counter threats from NATO. At the same time, in July, Russian President Vladimir Putin said that Moscow was not seeking a direct confrontation with the NATO bloc, but remained prepared for any conceivable scenario. November 2023, a couple months ago, Christian Melling and Torben Schutz, authors of an analytical study conducted by the German Foreign Policy Society, assessed the purported threat of a Russian assault on NATO. Referring to insights from experts and intelligence services, they said that based on the aftermath of the war in Ukraine, Russia would require six to ten years before even considering a confrontation with NATO. Now, as a brief aside, Russia is strengthening, strengthening its ties with North Korea, who, who has become a supplier for small arms and ammunition for them because Russian uh, 
military industrial complex is having a hard time keeping up with all the things that they need to produce in order to be able to perpetuate war in Ukraine alone, let alone a larger scope conflict uh, with NATO countries. That being said, NATO countries, as you'll remember from uh, President mm -hmm. Donald J. Trump's uh, tenure in the White House, their military spending has not risen to the level of 2% GDP in order to be able to effectively secure NATO against a Russian attack. And one of Trump's primary complaints was that the United States was having to punch way above its weight as compared to all the other countries that are in NATO to keep Russia from being able to invade NATO countries in Eastern Europe. What's the likelihood of all that? I'd say at this point, pretty low. I don't think that Russia can actually do all of those things. I think Russia wants us to think that they can do all those things. I don't think that North Korea can do all the things that we're worried that they can do. But I think it's in North Korea's best interest from a deterrent standpoint that we believe that they can do all the things that they say that they can do. Oh, my gosh. Shut up, phone. So, um, speaking of Mr. Trump... From uh, Yahoo News, which we know is a far right-leaning, incredibly reliable source of information, we have Trump victory in Iowa raises alarm in Berlin. High time to prepare, they say. Following former U.S. President Donald Trump's victory in the first Republican primary, that would be the Iowa caucuses, German politicians have called on the government to prepare for the possibility of another Trump term in office. Now, apparently the caucuses had a uh, max turnout uh, during the first Trump candidacy of 181,000 people. And this time around, they only had approximately 105,000 people show up, uh, show up for the caucuses. And so some people are interpreting that as saying that he doesn't have the groundswell of support that he says that he has. Other people are interpreting as when it's negative 49 degrees outside, people don't go caucus. I'm more in the second camp. I think that Trump has a lot more support than anybody wants to give him credit for because, frankly, love him or hate him, most Americans are absolutely fed up with the condition of the country at this point. And the compare contrast, again, love him or hate him, between a Trump presidency and a Biden presidency is clear. Uh, so, And then you've got Nikki Haley spouting off things like, if you want more of the same, you can vote for the same people. If you want meaningful change, you can vote for me. Like, Nikki, I don't know if you know this, but everybody hates your guts. Everybody hates your guts. Um, I don't know a single person that's pro Nikki Haley, and I know a lot of people. You? Democrats. Democrats are pro Nikki Haley. That I know that are Democrats are like, why, don't, why wouldn't you vote for Nikki Haley? Ah, that's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you vote for Nikki Haley? I don't know. She's part of the problem. We could start with that. I saw a great meme. That said, uh, following following the results of the Iowa caucuses, Nikki Haley bombs Iowa. <laughs> I was like, that's that's tremendous. All right, quote from the Yahoo News article: The German government can no longer ignore domestic political developments in the United States. You think? Yeah, the the whole ostrich method: put your head in the sand, hope for the best, doesn't work. Period. The U.S. is too important a partner for that. End quote. Said Jorgen Hat a senior lawmaker from the conservative CDU-CSU opposition bloc. Although many Iowa Republicans did not vote for Trump, Hart said that it is nonetheless, quote, high time to prepare for a, pre prepare for a President Trump, end quote. It's interesting the phraseology that they use. Although many Iowa Republicans did not vote for Trump, he won the caucuses by 51%. Now, you may think, well, that means that 49% didn't vote for him. It's a new record. The previous record, I believe, was set by Bob Dole, and it was 16.5%. 3x. 3x, literally. It's almost exactly 300%. He didn't break the record by 2%. He broke it by 300%. And if you've been at this channel for any length of time, you know I'm not a Trump simp. He's not the Messiah. There's only one of those, and it's not Donald J. Trump. And that you should not put your hope and your faith in man. You should put your hope and your faith in Elohim, the creator of the universe by the blood of his son. Not some dude with a wig who's orange and says things that people don't like on Twitter. Comma. Um, the person who is, air quote, in charge of the country does have uh, a measurable effect on quality of life. 
And as somebody that operates businesses and ministries, I would like the dollar to be worth more than it is right now. I would like our enemies overseas to actually fear the United States of America again. I would like this woke ideological bullshit that has infected our schools and our military to uh, fall by the wayside. And if some mean tweets is what is required in trade for actually having international prowess and largesse again, I'm all for that. Uh, to say nothing of the fact that I believe we can all articulate beyond a shadow of a doubt at this point that Biden and his administration are corrupt, that Biden has lost all of his mental faculties and isn't actually uh, running anything. And that somebody behind the scenes, probably Barack Hussein Obama and Big Mike are pulling the strings. And again, I expect to see Big Mike 2024 at some point. I think that Big Mike is going to run. Um, and I think it's going to be hysterical, being perfectly honest. I would love, I would love, I will, I will live stream and live reaction Trump debating Big Mike. Are you kidding me? Popcorn, keg of beer, like put it up on the big screen. I, dude. I would relish the opportunity for that. By the way, shout out to the comedian Shane Gillis for his excellent Trump impersonations. They're awesome. Yeah. That's all I really know about Shane Gillis is that he does good Trump impersonations. For all I know, he could be a turd. I have no idea. Back to the article. Although many Iowa Republicans did not vote for Trump, Hart said it is nonetheless high time to prepare for President Trump. Trump's bellicose rhetoric during his first term in office and open skepticism about U.S. foreign commitments such as the NATO alliance caused great concern in Germany and throughout much of Europe. Open skepticism because they weren't doing their part as contractually required by NATO. Imagine that. Skepticism or accountability? Yeah, yeah. A, a little bit of pressure and accountability. Hey, you said you were going to do this thing. You didn't do this thing. Why are you turning your back on us? Yeah, if, you, if you're not going to do your thing, maybe I won't do my thing. Oh, my gosh, you're abandoning me. No, homie, you abandoned yourself. You abandoned yourself. And uh, there's a lesson in this for all of us here. You can't help somebody that doesn't want to help himself. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. The prospect of another four years of Trump could have serious implications for Europe, especially if Trump were to reduce U.S. aid for Ukraine. CDU foreign policy expert Norbert Dorkin told the Task newspaper that Germany and the EU must prepare for Trump by ramping up their arms production so, quote, so that Ukraine can defend itself against the Russian attack even without U.S. help, end quote. Imagine that. What do you got? They were only banking on U.S. help? Yeah, they were only banking on U.S. help. Okay, now we'll make bullets. Yeah, so. If Trump gets in. But here's the thing. It's a proxy war. It's been a proxy war. This has always been the United States versus Russia, battlefield Ukraine. It's And I believe that the Israel-Hamas war is the U.S. versus Russia, battlefield Israel. It's just as simple as that. There's only so many big players. But, you know, but Iran is an international sponsor of state-backed terrorism. Yep. Who funds them? Well, the Obama administration gave them pallets of cash, your taxpayer money. Remember that? Uh, so that's interesting. The Obama administration that's potentially pulling the strings of the Biden administration. Interesting. Um, and then who else backs Iran? Russia. Why? Because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Cool. So and we're seeing this play out in real time. Aid for aid or quote aid, a.k.a. your taxpayer dollars for Ukraine is now being tied to aid for Israel. And because aid for Israel is so incredibly unpopular with the far left, and we have a leftist in office right now, that aid hasn't gone through, which means that Ukraine's not getting funded, which means that Russia's asymmetrical warfare is working. It's working. It's a great move by Russia, honestly. Like, it sucks for us, but it, it was a great move. That's right. And China, well, did so did you see that the Taiwanese elections were just held and that the party that was elected in Taiwan is like staunchly anti-China? There's a lot of people talking about, well, that's going to move up China's timeline now. I'm very curious about how China reacts to all of this because the, the common conceptualization of China's stance with what is happening in Ukraine is that China has been using Russia as a canary in the coal mine to gauge international response. And because 
the international coalition of anti-Russians has been unable to stop Russia in Ukraine that will embolden China to take action. And the flip side of that, Russia, who's supposed to be able to, their rhetoric was they can steamroll anybody they want to. Dude, we're almost two months into this war. We're 23 months and three days into this war in Ukraine. By the way, talk about war fatigue. 23. We're 23 months and three days. Okay. 23 months and three days into this war. February 24th, 2022. Uh, we're a month away, just shy of February 24th, 2024. So for two years, practically, Russia, who was supposed to be able to steamroll anybody, I myself said they'll be to Kiev in a week. They'll take the eastern half of Ukraine to the Dnipro River in a week. That never happened. So China is like, wait a minute. You guys were supposed to be able, be able to steamroll the Ukrainians. That didn't happen. And so it makes me wonder how much of this China's going to take Taiwan situation is rhetoric because they want us to believe that they can. It's in their best interest for them that we believe that they can do it. How much of it's rhetoric and how much is, of it is actual? I don't know that they can. China's Navy, according to Peter Zihan, will reach parity with the United States somewhere around the year 2170. Uh, that's not anytime soon. Yes, they have more ships than us, but 90% of those ships are fishing boats that they bolted a machine gun to the bow. That's not, it's not a blue water Navy. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not convinced that China can do all the things that it says that it can do because we're seeing that Russia can't do all the things that they said that they can do. And unfortunately, that the United States can't or won't do all the things that we say that we can do. It's almost like China's more interested in making sure that no one says that Taiwan isn't theirs. Yeah. Like, that's all they care about. Right the now. messaging. Yep. Yeah, they just want to know. Like, they want everyone to think, like, just leave it be. Just leave it be. Stop messing with our waters over there. Yep. Just, you know, and if we're all distracted on Ukraine and Israel, they don't have to keep pushing the issue. Because mm -hmm. effectively, they have Taiwan mm -hmm. right now. No one's pushing back against it. Yep. No, but I, that's the spot they want. What they want it to be there. They don't have to expend resources. And the PR is, this is where we're at. I don't believe that an extended timeline is in China's best interest at this point, especially if Trump is reelected. Yeah. Um, so, and some would say, well, that'll push them into a corner that they will have to act. We'll see. I don't know. Um, and again, as previously discussed, I think part of China's failsafe is the invasion on our southern border. Um, we know we know that there are Chinese nationals coming in and those Chinese nationals are not little old ladies. Uh, they're military age males. In fact, there was an article that recently came out. There was a, a, a YouTube a gun tuber uh, Chinese guy who defected from China, came here and trained with a whole bunch of soft personnel. And then went back to China and is now training all of their air quote soft personnel over there. And that guy, he was a cool dude, man. You know, Shin John Wang, he was a great guy, man. Everybody loved him. You know, he was awesome. Mm hmm. Um, <coughs> yeah. So be careful who you're training with, BT dubs. It's a thing. Um, Last article I want to look at is from RT Russia Today, Russian propaganda. I know some of y'all get so pissed off when I say Russian propaganda. They're like, Bear, don't you know it's all propaganda? I do. Don't you know? Maybe watch more than one brief for context. It's all propaganda. Everybody has their biases. Everybody has their agendas. It's as simple as that. The nice thing about RT is that their biases are clear. Uh, they support the Russian state and are supported by the Russian state. Okay. Tracking. From RT.com, Russia Today, shares of Trump-linked companies rise after primary win. The former president secured a record margin of victory in Iowa's Republican caucus on Monday. Shares in companies linked to former U.S. President Donald Trump surged after his first victory in the campaign to reclaim the White House, Bloomberg reported on Tuesday. On Monday, Trump decisively beat his chief rivals, Ron DeSantis and the, gov the governor of Florida and Nikki Haley, a former South Carolina governor and ambassador to the U.N. and the Republican caucus in Iowa. The Midwestern state traditionally holds the first contest in the race to nominate the major, the two major party candidates for the presidential election. 
Digital World Acquisition Corp, or DWAC, soared by around 30% on Tuesday, the day after Trump's victory, its best performance since July. Set up as a special purpose acquisition vehicle, also known as a blank check company, the entity's purpose is to go public in order to raise money to finance a future merger, in this case with the operator of Trump's social media platform, Truth Social. Digital world shares have plummeted by over 93% over the past year as the merger has seen multiple delays since its IPO in late 2021. Quote, love him or hate him, drama follows him, and the digital world deal is no different, end quote, said Matthew Tuttle, the CEO of Tuttle Capital Management. Meanwhile, Funware, or Funware, P-H-U-N-Ware, a small software developer that Trump's 2020 presidential re-election campaign hired to build a phone app, skyrocketed by over 450% after the former president's triumph in Iowa. Shares of video sharing platform Rumble, which cooperates with Trump media and is popular with conservatives, rose 16%. Good. Maybe they'll get a couple bucks in and their user interface will uh, quit sucking so hard. Quote, Trump secured the Iowa Republican caucuses with a landslide 51%. Next up is New Hampshire, where Haley is polling well. Trump, though, looks unstoppable, end quote. Neil Wilson, chief market analyst at Finalto, said. Now, the, the rumor is that Haley is supposed to do incredibly well in the uh, New Hampshire uh, caucuses. I disagree. I just, I just don't see... See, all the reporting, again, all the reporting, everybody has an agenda, everybody has their biases. Even air quote favorable reporting of Trump still casts doubt on his ability to pull enough of the populace to uh, affect a win. And a lot of the commentators, political and otherwise commentators on Trump as a candidate are using the data from this polling and are using the data from the reporting on this uh, candidacy in order to come to their predictions. And I don't think the data is accurate because I know way, way too many people. Now, again, my data could be inaccurate, too, because of my sample size and the people that I'm polling. So I'll admit that. But I know way too many people that love him or hate him are voting for Trump this time around. I don't know a single person that gives a shit about Nikki Haley. And I know a handful of people who have considered DeSantis. Um, and I think it's a. It's a bygone conclusion that Trump becomes the nominee if the system lets him. Now, I also think that the system does not want him to win. And therefore, you're going to see a lot of political and legal shenanigans in between now and the election. And I also believe, and I'm going to say this again, even if it gets me another channel strike, again, alternate channel is the blue collar president contingency find me on rumble emergency patreon link is in the description i get one more strike and i'm gone boys and girls so whatever um january 6th was an inside job we know that that's not an opinion we know that and if they did it once to discredit trump why wouldn't they do it again what ops are scribbled on whiteboards right now, just waiting for the opportunity to press play, to reinforce this concept that he is an insurrectionist, that he is an enemy of the people, he is an enemy of the state, and therefore we can't allow this guy to become president. How far are they willing to go? Uh, in the words of Andy Frazella, they'll go as far as they need to because they know if they get caught, they're going to get killed. Um, these people, the, the deep state and those that are pulling the levers, literal and figurative, on these elections. If they get caught, they'll be killed. And so now at this point, it's do or die. And so I think they're going to do anything they can do, everything they can do to keep Trump from being a viable candidate. That being said, I will reiterate again, I am not a Trump simp, and I do not think the man is perfect. And I think he's done a lot of shady shit, too. But I don't think he's done shady shit that rises to the level of national and international treason and an enemy of the United States of America. And I think, unfortunately, there are way too many people in leadership positions at the federal level in this country that are absolutely traitors 
and are enemies of the people of the United States of America currently sitting in the White House. And those people and their friends are not going to let Trump back in office. And that's going to exacerbate the uh, civil unrest here in the United States of America over the next 12 months, again, with China's failsafe. And who's in bed with China? 10% for the big guy, homie. Mm -hmm. China's failsafe of all these people coming across the southern border. And so, and a lot of people like to argue about, well, the reason that they're letting these people across the border is as a voter block. Yeah, but who does anything for one reason? One reason tactics are amateur. They're, they're amateur multitaskers. I don't do, I'm, I'm a nobody and I don't do anything that doesn't at least check two or three boxes when I do it. I don't have the time and I'm nobody. So if I'm doing this and my teams are doing this, why wouldn't they do it? So you, you, you get out of three-dimensional checkers and you start getting into 4D chess when everything you do serves two, three, nine purposes at the same time. And so the fail-safe coming across the southern border can be used if China takes Taiwan. It can be used if China does a preemptive attack on the United States of America. It can be used. It's just a tool in the toolkit. It can be used if the election, it doesn't look like it's going the way that the big they want it to go. That fail-safe exists. It's there, um, which is all the more reason for everybody within the sound of my voice to be prepared. Because shenanigans are going to happen. And I'm not telling you that because I want you afraid, because I don't. Fear is an excellent motivator, but it's a negative motivator. I don't want you afraid. I want you prepared for whatever may come. And then contextually within that, 90 plus percent chance that you wake up tomorrow morning and the world is the way that it is tomorrow that it is today. And you got to go to work and take care of your family and pay your bills. That should be your primary focus. Your secondary focus or alternate focus is the 10% chance that at any moment, some dictator somewhere, ours or theirs, smashes the big red button. And 72 hours from now, we are in utter chaos and you need a way to be able to perpetuate normalcy for the people that you love. And that's what preparedness is. That's the brief for today. If you're one of those people that jumps off when it's time to discuss the value exchange, I bid you adieu. Beat feet. Skedaddle. Get out of here. Have a blessed day. Shalom. For everybody else, we're going to talk about the value exchange. Link in the description down below. Patreon this morning uh, had an interview that was done with uh, the team over at A Root Awakening regarding Caleb House. It posted up on Patreon on Monday. We had uh, essentially mutual assistance groups for old people and with old people. And what role can old people and broken people play in a mutual assistance group? Because a lot of people are hyper fixated on security, bro. Need my helmet, my plate carrier, my rifle, and grandma can't operate, therefore grandma can't be in the mag. Cool, man. Who's going to mend your socks? Who's going to cook you biscuits? Who's going to weed the garden? Who's going to, uh, you know, man uh, uh, an OP with a pair of binos and a notebook? I bet you grandma can operate in places that you can't. Grandma can go to the farmer's market and not raise an eyebrow. You and your boys show up in kit. Yeah, you're going to raise a whole shit ton of eyebrows. Grandma can network. She can. She can also fix your ass with a cotton rag and a bag of castor or a bottle of castor oil. Ask me how I know. Who's going to remember your daughter's birthday? That's right. When you're out in the field. That's a great word. Who's going to remember your daughter's birthday while you're out in the field operating? That video is on Patreon posted on Monday. Uh, link in the description. It's ten unapologetically 10 bucks a month. It's the best 10 bucks that you can spend on the internet. It is an alternate touch point here if this YouTube channel goes down and it directly supports our ability to be able to provide this free content here on YouTube. So check it out. Refugemedical.com. I am the founder and CEO of refugemedical.com. For those that don't know, we are doing a family preparedness giveaway right now. And I will tell you all the things you need to know about that before Liberty punches me in the face from across the room. Flying punch. You want to come over here and tell the people? She's giving me that look like, no, I just took, I just took chicken tenders out of a bag. My gosh, guys, it's, it's been a full day and it's 1130 AM <laughs> family preparedness giveaway from refuge medical. All right. And so it's a family preparedness bundle. You get an adventure kit, an ankle kit, 
which are like harder to find than hen's teeth right now. A boo-boo kit and a family tourniquet pack with two cat tourniquets, two soft tees, two swats, and two slishments. It's over $1,000 in value. You have the opportunity to win that. It's everything you need to cover your entire family with medical preparedness. Here's how you enter. You can go on the website and opt into the email newsletters. That gets you one entry. You can opt into SMS, like we're going to send you text messages. Frankly, you're probably going to get some memes from Bob. That's how that tends to work. And that gets you one entry. You can share a picture of your favorite favorite refuge medical kit on social media, and you can tag us, which is at Refuge Medical, and you can use hashtag Refuge Nation, and that'll get you entered. Or And or you can place an order over $99. Every order over 99 bucks is an additional entry. And so that's four ways you can get entered in to win the Family Preparedness Kit. Okay, cool. Memes would be awesome. Scotty John, don't encourage him. He downloaded his own, own meme maker app, and I'm like, hey, how's that gigantic business deal going? He's like, well, I'm working on it, but I did make some fire memes, bro. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, I'll just give him a hard time. Bob's a great COO, but he also likes memes. So if you want memes from Bob, sign up for the SMS. Again, opt into the email newsletters, sign up for SMS, share your refuge medical kits on social and tag us, or every order over 99 bucks is an entry. And again, that gets you an Adventure Kit 2.0, an ankle kit, a boo-boo kit, and a family tourniquet pack. Um, now, many of y'all have basically told me, uh, doing my little market research that I do at the end of each one of these briefs here, Bear, we got it. We know about the Bear Fact tracking. So I'm not going to bore you with a Bear Fact today. I'm going to bore you with an SOB. This is a small the back kit. This weighs as much as one loaded AR-15 magazine. And this is a blowout kit. It can be worn on your battle belt. It can be worn on your plate carrier. I run it on my plate carrier underneath my right arm here facing down. I do that for a couple of reasons. One, it gives me a place to rest my elbow when we're LARPing through the woods patrolling, which is cool. Two, I can grab it with either hand and I can pull this down, grab the red handle, and pull the inner out of the outer. Of course, you've got a tourniquet. You can choose a cat or a soft tee. Um, got a tourniquet mounted to the outside that can be deployed with either hand. One of the things I don't like about these tourniquet sleeves that a lot of companies run is they only work in one direction. And one direction, I have it on good authority, is a terrible band and also really bad for TAC med because four people are still alive today because of refuge medical kits who were missing one of their arms, okay? Now, there's 113 people still walking around on planet Earth because of the blessing of the creator and the fact that a refuge medical kit was near enough to treat their casualties, 113. So I don't think this is a good idea. I know it's a good idea. I don't think these products work. I know they work. And so having a TQ sleeve, the tourniquet can only be deployed in one direction. When it's shock corded on, you can pull it from either direction and it will come loose because you might not have that arm. Now, I know that's not something that people want to think about, but that shit happens. Okay. So I've got a tourniquet on the outside. This Molly's on. This is tiny, yo. Here's my hand. Here's the kit. It's tiny. Weighs as much as one loaded AR-15 magazine. You pull the inner out of the outer. And inside of here, I've got a blowout kit. I've got compressed gauze. You can add combat gauze for wound packing. I've got a pressure bandage. I've got nasal pharyngeal airway. I've got five by nine gauze pads. I've got gloves. I've got chest seals. I've got everything I need for massive bleeding airway and respiratory on my kit with the weight of one loaded AR magazine. And a concept that I want to introduce you guys and girls to. I don't know how many times I have railed on the commoditization of life-saving equipment. Medical has become a race to the bottom, and that shit is stupid. It's absolutely stupid. I can get a tourniquet for $10 on Alibaba. All right. I legitimately, homework today, I legitimately want you to price flowers for a funeral. <laughs> 
so that it sticks. Because if you buy cheap medical equipment, you will die. And you will have made the assumption that the kit that I have is good enough. It will work. No, it won't. There's a reason we have the committee on TCCC, Committee for Tactical Combat Casualty Care. Over 30,000 case studies of men and women in uniform who gave their lives so that that data could be collected, so that it could be disseminated down, so that people who give a shit about protecting your livelihood and your life rather than maximizing profit can build kits that adhere to the protocols developed by the committee on TCCC. Go price funeral flowers. They're far more expensive than a good first aid kit. And you know, when you see those Facebook ads for two uh, sappy level three plates for 99 bucks made in China, you know that they're shit and you don't trust it. You know, when you see that ad for a level three NIJ ballistic helmet from China for 199 bucks, that it's shit and it's not going to work and you don't trust it. But for some reason, when it comes to a purpose-built first aid kit that will save your life if you know what you're doing with it, be it Yaz will, we're like, nah, race to the bottom, bro. I can get some shit from this other company over here for 49 bucks. Okay, buy your plates off of an Instagram ad, two for 99. Go do that. Go get your $199 ballistic helmet. And when a 5.56 round sneaks right through that thing and scatters your brain against a brick wall, Oops. Oops. Now, let's go another direction. What's statistically more likely that you get into a gunfight in your kit or you have a motor vehicle accident or a workplace injury? Got a text from a brother two days ago. There was a shooting out front of his home, a domestic. He whipped his bear fact out and went to work, pulled it off of his plate carrier so he could go work on the guy. In Virginia, not Iraq, Afghanistan, Israel, Ukraine, South China Sea, in Virginia. The majority of the lives that have been saved with our kids have been motor vehicle accidents. And you wouldn't trust that piece of shit Chinese made ballistic helmet. But you will trust a piece of shit Chinese made blowout kit it's cheaper it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard price flowers for a funeral today and then i want you on your lunch break to mentally grieve the loss of your wife or your children or your best friend because you saved 20 bucks on a tourniquet air quote it's complete and utter horseshit which is why I don't care about price. I don't care when people say, well, I can get a cheaper kit elsewhere. Dude, it hurts my heart when people say that because they don't even know what they're talking about. They don't even know. They don't know enough about what they're doing. And when I see companies that provide first aid kits full of cheap garbage, they don't know what they're doing either. And as far as I'm concerned, that's criminal negligence. And those people should be sued out of existence. It is criminally negligent because people will die. How they have, they probably don't even have product liability insurance because they don't stand behind their products. And again, this is not to scare you, it's to make you think. Do the mental exercise, do the homework. Feel the loss and ask yourself, was it worth it? Why, why did I not take the steps to gain the equipment and more importantly, the expertise to be able to use that equipment to save lives while in service to the father's kingdom and experiencing the abundance of his provision and blessing. There's not another first aid kit company like us on planet earth. We are a one of one unapologetically. So, 
You know where to find us. Link is in the description. From a ski patroller, best gear out there in the mountain too. Bless you, Big Timber. I appreciate you. Refuge Ruckus. What's the website? RefugeRuckus.com. Shit, I have a meeting in 15 minutes, don't I? Gosh, today is going to be fucking brutal. I ha and I have to eat. Hey, you know what? We've only been pushing this meeting for 15 months. Let's just push it again. Nope, I just got a middle finger from across the room. <sighs> Refuge Rockets, CalebHouse.org. If you want to support our anti-human trafficking ministries, GrindstoneMinistries.com. If you need a Bible, come see us at GrindstoneMinistries.com. You can also donate for other people to get free Bibles at GrindstoneMinistries.com. And you can buy them at our cost there. Um, so you can check all that out, GrindstoneMinistries.com. Link is in the description. And... Um, you know what? Let's talk to the Father. Why wouldn't we talk to the Father? Good morning, Father Yah. Father, thank you for making us and redeeming us and putting us here on this planet to do your will to the best of our ability, Father. And I pray that you'd make us the people that we need to be today in order to stand in strength and do the things that you ask of us. I pray that you'd turn your face on us and remember us today as we do our best to remember you and walk in your ways, and that you'd smile upon us and that you would give us our give us this day our daily bread, Father, and just don't freaking forget about us. I pray that you'd empower us for good works, that you'd pour out your spirit on all flesh for wisdom and discernment, and that you'd give us strength and power and authority in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach that we could stand as men and women, sons and daughters of you. Father, I pray that you'd give us peace that surpasses all understanding and that we would be focused on you and vertically aligned and pay attention to the things that matter and don't pay attention to the things that don't. I pray that you would convict us via your Ruach HaKodesh to do your will. Father, in anything that comes against us, I rebuke it in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach and command it to flee. Father, thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for redeeming us by the blood of your son and making a way for us to come home again. Father, I pray that you take care of these people, that you'd meet their every need, whatever that might be, and that we would be wise enough to understand that if you don't put something in our hand, that it's for our best. I pray that you'd close the doors that need to be closed and open the doors that need to be opened and that you would provide a way for us to be obedient, to walk in your will, whatever that might look like for each of us. Father, thank you for all of this. Thank you for all of the blessings that feel like burdens. Thank you for making us strong enough to shoulder those burdens and be good stewards of them. I lift all these people up and I lay them at your feet. And I ask that you would protect them provide for them, and bless them this day. I ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Shalom.